my friends who do this, they actually have a reasonable amount of gold now. We have a friend who found like a nugget, like a golf ball nugget, and I know where he found it. How much is a golf ball size gold nugget? Welcome to the Scent and Bent podcast, the official podcast of Grind Hard Plumbing Company. Today is our first day in the new garage, podcasting from the new garage. It is Friday the 13th, and speaking of the new garage... Will and I have already done some damage in here. We're not even completely moved in yet. But for those of you listening, I'm sitting in a very nice go-kart that Will has already heavily modified and things have not gone well in the first few days of the garage being done. I actually think they went about as well as possible because I was like, this is a bad idea. This is a really bad idea. And then I just hear this, kabam! And I really thought there was going to be more damage. It was so bad because, I mean, am I allowed to tell them like anything about this or is it a secret? Oh, there are no secrets on the podcast. Oh, okay. No secrets on the podcast. This is where we tell all the extra details that you don't get in the YouTube videos. So basically, we took this way overpowered electric uh, power plant and stuck it in that go kart right there. It's wow. uh, it's twenty four kilowatts. Yeah, so it has like more power than Ethan's four fifty dirt bike. Wait, eighty foot pounds of torque. How many kilowatts is in that little car out there? The little red one point five. So this thing's like twenty times more powerful than that yeah. car. Yeah, than the six hundred pound electric <laughs> car. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's that is super light wheelies it yeah, already whole... does and it's only in the slow version because it goes reverse yeah. forward and reverse or yeah let's start from backwards. the beginning for the good folks at home will start from the beginning of how <laughs> we built this has a hard time i have to remind him start stories from the beginning i know because i like starting in the middle it's always better that way <laughs> <laughs> well we've built up hype yeah, so we took this super powerful electric power plant. We slapped it in this super duper light chassis that I picked up in the middle of Washington somewhere. Oh yeah, how was that? Because super you got this for fifteen hundred bucks, and oh it's my gosh, and it was grand. wrapped, and it had like like oil on everything. And then I brought it here, and we stuck it behind Ethan's green shed, and now it kind of looks like Shrek. It looks <laughs> like it belongs up here for sure. It just is like crunchy we did some more damage to it yesterday but it's uh it's a little more worn down but we took this insanely high powered uh, electric power plant that was in this put it in that and the motor mounts on that are the wrong way but we've both done drone stuff and we just thought that you could switch the three wires in any way and change yeah. the way the motor goes it's a brushless motor yeah. so we just put the position of the motor wherever made most sense for the go-kart. And then when we powered it on and gave it the beans, <laughs> it goes backwards at like 90 miles an hour. It, <laughs> uh, it goes so fast backwards and it goes super slow forwards. And so we both had severe accidents in this thing. <laughs> Dude, I watching you get drug out of the garage, I was like, that thing pulled oh, no. me. I don't know. We probably don't show videos on the podcast, but that thing ripped me out of the garage with the force of three Shreks. <laughs> it was like Thor pulling on his hammer. <laughs> Like, uh, yeah. It looked like Will was being like a ghost was dragging him out of the garage at like 40 miles an hour. And he's like, help, help. And uh, we're like, we can't do anything, uh, man. 
yeah. It was terrifying. Oh, jeez. So, so yeah. basically what happened is Ethan just finished the garage. Electricity, brought all the tools here, and then he's on vacation for a week. So it's us three in this brand new, beautiful, shiny mansion of a garage all to ourselves with no adult supervision. Yep, basically. And when this thing was done, we were like, oh, okay, well, let's just see if it'll do a donuts in reverse. And so Will gives it the first go because he did all the work, so it's only fair. And if what did you say, Stephen? Uh, about what? Before the first test drive. Oh, I was said, like, I do not condone this. I was yeah. like, Ethan would not approve of this activity. And I was looking around at all the tools and everything. And yeah. I was like, I wasn't worried we were going to get hurt. I knew we were going to get hurt. I was just thinking like, we don't want to damage this great new shop. <laughs> With all these nice walls that Ethan ripped every single one of these boards by And hand. that thing would go straight through those walls <laughs> and the insulation. Like if we had hit the wood... It would have been a different yeah. story. So Steven says, just make sure you take it easy and don't hit the golf cart or the walls. So Will goes full throttle, <laughs> burnout in reverse. The throttle gets stuck and then he slams into the golf cart. <laughs> it was the first thing we hit. And you would think that this is enough to get us to stop. But no, because I need a turn. So I get in and I do the same exact thing. We push in the throttle so far. There's a plastic piece here that um, it gets kind of hung up on because we didn't make a stop for the throttle, which the first thing Ethan said when he got back was, why didn't you guys make a stop for the throttle? Anyways, we didn't do that. So I go same exact thing, full throttle, burnout in reverse, let off the throttle entirely and I'm just accelerating straight for the wall. I smash one of the steel beams, hold it up, folded the whole rear bumper of our previously perfectly clean go-kart and my neck just went, what doink? And luckily we were wearing helmets for all of our crashes. But even after that, <laughs> I think Steven said, okay, well, we're probably done filming the video, right? Because Steven was just trying to stop us because he knew. <laughs> I was just waiting for Ethan to come back and see like a will-sized dent in the new siding or like. <laughs> and so oh. Will was like, oh, this is cool. I think I figured out how to get it to do donuts forwards because it does go kind of slow forward. Really slow. It goes like yeah. two miles an hour. So he locks in the throttle on purpose. <laughs> and then he is doing stunt boy things like hanging off the seat and sticking his feet in the air. And I'm literally on camera saying, you guys are going to see this in the video in a couple weeks. I say, I feel like something bad is about to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was that was a curse. That was and a curse. Will thinks there's an off switch on this go-kart. And then there's also a... And the off switch, the like way you switch the direction is not the right color in my mind. I mean, like it's red and green. Red means stop. Haven't you guys played the game of green light? Red light. <laughs> what the <laughs> devil is that? Red light, green light? You haven't green played light, red, red light, light. light? The game where you run in a line and then they're like, whoa, stop. Orange if you're light. still moving, you're out. Yeah, it's like oh. to teach you traffic laws and stuff as a kid. I haven't heard of this game. but You I, must not have paid I attention. I grew up in Clark Fork, man. Game. There was 50 people in Clark Fork. Well, when you play red light, green light, it actually just makes you better at evading law because... 
you can like you can see when they're not looking and stuff and you can learn the ways of the road before you even get a drive so it's it's a great game is this where you learned your habits no but this is where it started i played red light green light all the time so yeah okay but should play tomorrow i'm just saying as a kid you're taught that red means stop and green means go okay and i was doing stunt boy tricks because it was so cool. Yeah, it was cool. It and then nice. <laughs> I went down to hit the stop button and it actually just turned on reverse full speed and the throttle was locked. <laughs> it was terrifying. And then he got dragged. I'm just surprised you didn't let go. He committed to not letting no. the go-kart go straight into I think his foot Ethan's was stuck house. into no, it. My shirt, my fancy shirt I had on wrapped around the front tire so fast turned into a knot and it pulled me out i wasn't trying to be on it anymore i was trying oh. to get off oh, well it just would have yeeted straight into ethan's new truck so i thought that yeah. you were trying to protect the go-kart and no. ethan's stuff by hanging on until it stopped have you seen the three-wheeler video where i just <laughs> yeah, let a four-wheeler go yoinking into ethan's oh, i really thought that was gonna hit my car i remember looking over and i'm like well i'm not gonna not film it but i was like oh no how is amazing is it that none of our cars have been shrecked by rocks or anything or by full vehicles like <laughs> yeah well, I just it's the amazing. best one ever was we put the supercharged snowmobile engine into the Triumph. This was before you guys were coming up here and working here, but it was just the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. And I literally had a bird's eye view because I was in the FPV drone. It's always when Ethan isn't here when this very dumb things happen. I but wonder why. Bird's eye view. Sam goes full throttle into the drift corner and straight through Ethan's garden, straight oh. through the fence, straight through the trees, like all of it. And it was the craziest accident we'd had on the property so far. Now we've, I mean, that's lightweight compared to what happens <laughs> these days. But I just remember being like, wow, that is the coolest shot I ever got. But do you remember how unreliable the SD cards are on GoPro Hero 8s? Oh, bad. Yeah. Corrupt footage. I have me taking off right before it hits the the fence corrupt footage and then after it i have panning around the scene of the accident what the devil so the good people that follow our channel never got to see that i was the only one that's a shame that's a shame i know that's happened to other footage too yeah i lost a lot of footage that way and it's always like these really cool, irreplaceable moments. Like one of one yeah. didn't have a GoPro on anything else, and it's uh-huh. just the one you need. Well, even Fun. the regular camera, because yeah. uh, Steven and I were filming um, at this last Gambler 500. It's like a off-road thing where you take a really bad car 500 miles off-road. And it was just a beautiful night, beautiful sunset. We met this fan of the show who was... Uh, he did elevator maintenance uh yeah yeah what was that guy's name i'm trying to remember man cool guy and he it was is one of those things that you say in the moment we just happen to be filming and steven does this classy thing if you guys ever see us and we're filming you you might not even know he holds the strap kind of down and the screen kind of out and he kind of looks down so he's filming you but you don't know which is good because then like, you don't pretend that you're being. Let's filmed. say we're used to being on camera. Like you mm-hmm. point the camera at Will. Like he's not going to act any different. Like he just, at this point, he just says who he is on camera, off camera. But 
regular people who aren't used to being filmed with like big cameras with microphones and stuff. Yeah, they, they get, get weird kinda, and they get, get kind of awkward. Yeah. Uh, that's how I film cops. That's how I film in the DMV. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. all those shots you see that are kind of like fly on the wall and like regular people are being regular, even though they're being filmed. <laughs> that's from Steven's technique. So Steven was techniquing this guy and he was just saying about how like, like these are like the inspiring moments in life and like what makes life worth living is just like going out and having fun with your friends and building weird cars and kind of the ethos that we all share. Like, you know, let's just go on some really dangerous, weird adventure and have a good time, you know? And that's like, I don't know. It's just such a, it's one of those things that's hard to put into words, but I think a lot of people feel this way. And this guy just said it the best way you could possibly say it. The only clip that was corroded for the entire three, oh, no. four day trip yeah. was that clip. Oh no, I didn't even know that. That sucks. Because yeah. our microphone is having issues. That's why we no longer we have home, that microphone. Ethan took some rage out on it. Yeah. yeah. I just, still find pieces of that microphone like stuck in my tires sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't buy the Sennheiser on camera mic. I forget the that exact That has name. ruined so many shots. That's yeah. ridiculous. Because yeah. the camera has audio levels and you'll see like when it's recording and it then it just isn't all of a sudden. Yeah. 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 I want to touch back on this thing that Will said. You said the red light, green light mm -hmm. prepares you for evading authorities. Yeah. I was actually wondering this. Because your stories of evading the authorities start so young. Mm -hmm. Was like the first time you drove, you were already a speedy boy? Or did you like slowly realize that you could get away with things until you couldn't anymore? No, the first time that I became a speedy boy is when I got my first manual car. I was doing audio work for this uh, really nice old lady. So you had a car before this and weren't a speedy boy. Yeah, like I drove fast, but like not over the speed limit. Like I drove the top level of NPC fast, like normal, maybe cut off some people every once in a while, lethal around, get stuck somewhere. What's like NPC level, like 15 over? Yeah. So like, not like, not 120. When you get in the seat in the morning, you're like, am I really in Gran Turismo right now? Like, you know, like that level, like when you get in and you feel so the like shifter GTA NPCs, not, yeah, or just like Horizon normal NPCs. speed. Like you make like a normal mistake. Nope. You got to get a little closer, man. <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> Will's ice cream coning the mic over here. Yeah, All okay. Right. Well, I'm back. But right. I did something you would have been proud of the other day, Will. What did you do? I was behind this very grandma car mm -hmm. and I couldn't handle it anymore. Mm -hmm. So I passed her on the shoulder on the on-ramp because I was like, I am not about oh, to be stuck Steven behind this lady Scarcella. for like... You need to implement... This man was racing me this morning, man. He won, though. I didn't think you were going to make it in front of that UPS truck. I have a turbocharger right. so on my car. So you go NPC speeds. Mm -hmm. Before when I'm 15. When I'm so you've never been arrested or anything nope. when you were 15? No, nope, because I had like a Jeep. And I jumped oh, the Jeep so, over a bridge. So you just didn't have a car fast enough to be a speedy boy. Yeah, not yet. And then I got this just... What was actually really nice Honda Accord when I first got it? <laughs> I was doing audio work for this old lady that works for NPR. And we were, like, doing audio work about the Indian Reservation. It was very, like, nice work for a 15-year-old. I just got to sit at coffee shops and tune the audio 
And then one day she just <laughs> offered me. Did you know what you were doing? You know how to equalize and master yeah. audio? Yeah, because I used to like huh. edit short videos and movies when I was in high school. I learned more about you every <laughs> single day, man. So you know like what an equalizer, a compressor, yeah. a limiter, maximizer. Yeah, I used you to do that, that all is? the time when I was like, I, we, my friends and I would make like funny songs and movies. In did high you know school. that, Steven? No, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah that's so nice. I did that and I was recovering audio from like Indian reservation speeches and stuff. And one day she was like, I have this premium car. And at the time I had just like launched my Jeep off the bridge. And so I didn't have a car. I was like, I don't even know what I used to do back then. Teleport everywhere. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't remember that time of my life without a vehicle because whenever I don't have my wheels underneath me, I just feel really not good. You so, are a different person. Like right now yeah. you don't have a motorcycle or a speedy boy car. Yeah. And you're like, like 10% sadder the day to day. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I need my car. So uh, anyway, she was like, I have this Honda Accord and I'm looking to upgrade. And I was like, oh, premium. How much you want? She was like, 200 bucks, but it's a manual. And at that time, I didn't know what a manual even was. Like there was no manual cars in my life. So I'd never driven one before. What about video games? Did you play like... Well, Forza yeah, but like manual? I never like really thought... I thought like old trucks and things had manuals. I didn't really like think... Something like, as premium as a Honda <laughs> yeah, Accord for a $200. A Honda Accord, dude? So it was like Sunbleach Honda Accord and she taught me how to drive manual like for like 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then she was like, okay, I got a scram. And I was like, okay. And she just left me like on this side street with this car. Did you give her the money like it was your car? Yeah, it was my car at that point, but I still didn't know how to drive manual. <laughs> like she like rode with me in the car. Her dad was a NASCAR driver. And so she like taught what? me really how to drive manual. She was like, people break their gearboxes all the time by shifting like this. And she taught me like all these tricks on how to like drive manual really well so she showed you how to like quick shift and rev shift she showed me how to like rev shift down shift shift without the clutch like she taught me like too much and i was like <laughs> oh no and then she just left me on this Who's side her street dad? is he a famous nascar driver he's just like he drove nascar that's had she like told me all about cars and stuff i was like oh what the heck like this person how old were you then i was like 15 Oh, okay. And I had had my license, like, I was probably almost 16. And so I'm just, like, on the side street with this Honda Accord, uh -huh. don't know how to drive manual, and I just creep down, like, stalling the car every once in a while, like, and then I just went on the highway and drove all the way to Spokane and just learned the ropes of the manual. And ever since that day, I turned that car into a race car. I spray painted it black, took the interior out, put on eBay, like this is when I was 16. So I didn't have a lot of money and I bought like the cheapest eBay steering wheel ever that mm -hmm. like didn't have metal in the steering wheel. We all know the one, you know, that steering wheel, man, yeah. it's bad. Like it will like break. Like yeah, it's very flexible. You can like rip it. Like it's worse than that. For yeah. sure. It's like the one in Steven's car. He's in a, uh, the power wheels that we, yeah, it was like sleeper. that. But it, race edition for a real car. And it, I, it didn't fit my like splines. 
So I just jammed it on. I drilled it out a little bit, jammed it on the splines, and then used one of my sister's hair ties to like space it out enough. <laughs> oh my gosh. So nothing has changed. No, you said not there at was all. a moment where you weren't a speedy boy and then you became a speedy boy. Yeah, and getting that Honda Accord really put me into the scene of speed racing because <laughs> <laughs> once I got that car, I realized anything's possible with a manual transmission. Like you can have the worst car ever and still have fun. Like I jumped that over meridians on highways, popped tires, <laughs> drifted, reverse down streets. Did you know I had a speedy boy phase? Really? Yeah. yeah. I had a street racer phase, actually. Really? Yeah. Did you go to jail over it? Um, no. Oh. No, I sure did not. That's unfortunate. His phase ended <laughs> before he got in trouble. What? I think that's the sound of the leaves falling. What did you think you heard? That sounded know. like footsteps. I know. It, I is Friday it is Friday the 13th, the 13th which I concerned know. me when I found that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I... Uh, the best racing video game ever, the the Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. Oh, original, that's a good one. Where the cops chase you and you're all speedy boys yep. and it's all underground. So my friend and I were really into that and we worked at the same restaurant. And he had a Subaru. Of course. What kind? A, like a, a WRX? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I had just my... My truck, but it was a six speed. Yep. And so I had my truck and the thing is, is he was timing himself getting up to my house. So he lived about a quarter mile straight of pavement, straight to a gravel corner and then up a gravel corner for like probably like three miles to where I lived. And this is a sketchy gravel road with potholes and everything. He was like, I made it here. In like two minutes, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I bet I could go a lot <laughs> faster, but on my dirt bike. And I'd just gotten my first 250, which was quite the upgrade from the <laughs> YZ85. And so I went speedy boy to his house and I made it there. And like, I was like, I bet I could do it under a minute. I kept getting lower, lower, lower. I got there under a minute and I was like, I did it under a minute. He's like, no, you didn't. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, let's race. <laughs> so we went oh, to no. race. We dropped clutch in front of his house this quarter mile right before the gravel road. He really got me in the beginning, which was yeah. so embarrassing because that was my advantage on the dirt bike was the initial launch. Yeah. And so I just really messed up the, I think I just like burned out for a while and he really gapped me. So I held it down. I get to the top of fifth right past him oh, right when no. it turns into gravel. And I was like, oh no. I need to turn now. Oh, no. <laughs> so I was going like 70, flew off the bike, miraculously went right over this stump that would have broken me in half, and I landed in a curve between a bunch of trees oh. without hitting any trees. So he turned around, and I was just so adrenaline-brained. I wasn't speaking coherently. <laughs> So he's like, are you okay? And I threw one hand up and I was like, rubber duck man. <laughs> That's what you yelled. Yeah, of course you yelled that. <laughs> and he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, blue rubber ducks. And he was like, cause I was trying to say I'm okay, but I had so much adrenaline. I just couldn't think straight. And blue so rubber ducks. He thought I hit my head and he was really concerned. And he was like, I think we need to stop racing all the time. 
because we were doing this all the time. And this is the first big accident. And I was like, I think we just need to stick to only racing in our cars. Yeah. And so then on the way from very rare, you see a cop, our town is like 450 people. So from where we worked to his house is where we would race. Cause oh, that's I thought you were talking about Sandpoint. I was like, no, there's they so got that place packed. Clark Fork, when I was a kid, you would never even believe if you saw a cop. Like you'd call the cops because something bad was happening and they just wouldn't come. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, tiny. Yeah, very <laughs> tiny. So we we were speedy boys, but luckily neither of our cars went over like 120. So that's kind of where we kept it like in the 120 range. Nice. But still, we'd like be passing each other. We'd both be kind of going 120-ish. And then it was like, oh... It's pretty cool that we never like died or got hurt. Yeah, or it is pretty cool that you never died. That's yeah, that's good because we were <laughs> we were out there for sure. Like yeah. we were outside doing it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Then there was a time where we just got way too competitive. We always stopped speeding by the time we got into our little town. Smart. And then there was a time where he, I took the shortest route, but he was going really fast, just blasting through all the stop signs in our town to get oh, to his no. house first. He pulled over right in front of me but I wasn't going to yield to him. So I stayed on the throttle and he stayed on the throttle. Oh, and, crashed. and it was very responsible. This is the first time that I realized that Rem was a lot more responsible than me. He said, you know, we're both too competitive for this. I was like, what do you mean? It's like, neither of us let off and we could have crashed. I was like, well, yeah, but that's what racing is. Cause I only <laughs> thought from video games, where if you crash, you just restart. Yeah. He was like, no, I think, that we're too competitive to race and we shouldn't race anymore. And we never raced again. What the devil? I got competitive in different ways. I remember seeing how far I could swim underwater once and my cousin kept just barely beating me and I'm like, nope, I'm going to get him this time. That sounds sketchy. And I surely, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that I surely did beat him, but I passed out underwater and I, they pulled me out. It was really funny. How oh. long could you go on your prime? I don't, I thought we didn't measure it in like feet. It was like laps underwater in this pool. Oh, so you were exercise breath holding. Yeah. <laughs> it was very funny. <laughs> Most people who do breath holding competitions just kind of lay there, right? Oh no, we were seeing who could swim furthest underwater. So I did like three or four laps back and what? forth in the pool. And I remember like reaching the end of it and then being like on the outside of the pool, like waking up, like, did I win? Did you get like tunnel vision? And oh yeah, like, it was very crazy. It's just like how you expect drowning to be. Like you kind of like it gets dark and. <laughs> oh, did, did you think you were just gone? Who got you out of the water? Uh, I was a kid, so probably my mom or my aunt or something. Oh, I think my cousins were all just freaking out, but like, I don't remember. Wow, it, so. Steven's really making the laps in the pool. <laughs> yeah, we weren't allowed to play that game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but you never were a speedy boy because you had actually a cool car. I did for a while. You I had mean, a manual cool. MR2. Was, no, it wasn't an MR2. I wish. If it was an MR2, I wouldn't have sold oh, it. Oh, it was a Corolla. I had the Corolla GTS, but it's not the AE86 one. It's just the front wheel drive. Front wheel drive. But oh. it was still cool. It was actually a quick car for yeah. for what it was. But you never speedy boyed it? I A little bit, but not that much. I was oh. pretty responsible, actually, with that car. Wow. But Then I sold it for 800 bucks, and you can't find one now because I really want one of those again. It's a fun little car. Mm-hmm. Feels like driving around like a little cheese box. <laughs> That's the dream. That's a real fun car. Right <laughs> driving there, right? around a little yeah. cheese box. Driving around. Well, like the modern cars box. are way faster, but you feel so safe. 
Like, yeah, they do feel too safe. It's just like my grandpa told me because he drives like old janky Hondas all the time. Nice. He can afford like nice cars, but he likes it. He's like, oh, I, I don't want to feel that safe. He's like, I want to feel the rattles when you go around the yeah. corners. And, yeah. yeah. I'm with your grandpa, man, because Will just posted on his story like a bunch of sad boy BMWs at a wedding and they all had wings and they were lowered and their wheels were sticking out. And that's what I used to drive. And now that I just drive the Mad Max Tesla, which is pretty Very safe, <laughs> it's pretty jank. It's all pretty those jank. safety features are turned off. It doesn't have stability control, traction control. The the seatbelt thing when I turn on the car says front left restraint fault, which is oh, my seatbelt. So unlock and it will just let you. I don't know what it means. Let but me the tell Tesla you, tells me that hitting the steering wheel is much better than an airbag. So, <laughs> what? Let me How just tell that you that. True? Hitting an airbag feels like you fell out of an airplane and like smacked your face on the ground. It's terrible. But hitting a steering wheel, that steering wheel has enough flex where like you just bend it with your face. Like <laughs> that sounds both bad. <laughs> if it was slow motion, you'd be. I've still never been in a car and the airbag's gone off. Neither have I. It's scary. It smells like everything's on fire. It's like. When did you get, none of your cars have airbags. My Jeep had an airbag and when it went off, it hit me so hard in the face. I couldn't believe my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you weren't wearing a seatbelt either, right? I don't know. I mean, I probably wasn't if I was outside the car. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you were because I think the whole point is your seatbelt's supposed to slowly slow you down and then the airbag slowly slows you down in the opposite direction. So you ease yeah. into a complete stop. Probably. That's the idea. Yeah. If you're not wearing your seatbelt, I imagine you just hit the airbag really hard. That's just... maximum force. And did that throw you out of the car? How did you end up out of the car? I don't know. I just woke up out of the car in a body bag. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh. oh, man. Oh, man. But, yeah. Good times. I just miss, like, when I go into a parking lot thinking about, okay, how am I going to get out of this parking lot without high centering on a speed bump? Mm -hmm. Oh, shoot. I guess I had like a couple phases of being a speedy boy. <laughs> yeah, you were a Beamer boy <laughs> for you a while. Weren't, that's not speedy boy, man. Yeah, we all we, know BMWs are really slow and unreliable, but yeah. they're low, and that's called being a Beamer boy. You were listening to a lot of like Will Peep. and Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a whole phase. Yeah. That was fun. I guess yeah, I pretty much drifted to work every day the first like two years of Grind Hard. I went through so many tires. It's crazy because when you have camber like that and you drift every day, they're Your gone. tires last like two months if you're lucky. That's why I never got into the drift life. It's expensive mm -hmm. for sure. Very and you expensive. break everything. Yeah. Every time I brought my Beamer to a drift event, it was like, okay, I just don't have a car for three months now. <laughs> got to fix the brake lines and the power steering <laughs> and there's an overheating issue. Oh. I think your wife was really happy when you sold that car. Yeah. She made me sell it one time we went to the gym and someone came running into the gym like, whoever has the convertible silver BMW, your car's on fire. And I thought Wait, for what? sure that was very likely <laughs> that my car was on fire. So I ran out there and the whole like parking lot was full of smoke and it was like backlit, you know, that afternoon sun yeah. highlights the smoke coming out of your car. And I was like, oh no, it's just like that. She was like, should I call the fire department? I was like, no, it just drips oil on the headers. It's fine. I remember too, you showed up with your wife one time 
And I looked in the car and there's all this cardboard down. You're like, oh, that's to help the exhaust from leaking right onto her. <laughs> yeah. The exhaust leak was right under the passenger foot. Oh, area. So, so it just one blasted time, up. One time she fell asleep and the bottom of her feet were burned through the cardboard and she was wearing shoes and socks. Oh, and the bottom of her feet were burned. Oh my the bottom gosh. of my car was so hot. Because if you think about it, you couldn't stick a foot under my car. It was so low. Yeah. And the exhaust leak was there. So it was just heating up go. underneath like an oven. Yeah. So the longer you drove, the hotter it got. And I thought she was bluffing. And so I like took off a shoe and put it on and my foot almost became a permanent part of that car. <laughs> yeah. But oh I sold it to someone who was going to autocross it in Montana. So the dream lives oh, on. Nice. Yeah. Mm. That's very nice. Yeah, but now I'm thinking I should get another one mm -hmm. without an exhaust leak. That could be a solution. Yeah, but I'll bag it so I can lift it up for the winter. Mm, that's a good idea. And that's how my first and only BMW caught on fire. <laughs> I had a BMW on banks and it just caught on fire one day. I was like, what the <laughs> devil? <laughs> what caught on fire? It shorted out. Someone like did this like... They always are doing these cool things, like making the inside of their car look like piano or something. Like, <laughs> what? They like add wood to things that shouldn't have wood on them. Like that's it like, had, like real wood in your car. Yeah, that's what BMW boys do. It's called the executive style. And so my BMW was layered with executive style. It had like <laughs> wood everywhere. Do you have pictures of any of this stuff? Yeah, it was I do. the most jank it car I've ever very seen. Jank. In my it used to be a life. show car and then it it went through two owners in Idaho and it turned into like an off-road show car. So it had like air ride and three-piece wheels and like this custom paint job. You but wouldn't believe like, the sound of it coming down the driveway. Yeah. yeah. Where was I for this? Um, it was a short period of time. I owned, it, I owned it for like two months. I traded like a broken down Subaru and like something else for it. And like I traded the broken down WRX and like they gave me like five grand cash and then the BMW. And then I got the BMW and I was like, oh, this will be a great, reliable car. And it wasn't because it had wood in it, like all in it, <laughs> everywhere. Executive stuff. <laughs> it was executively styled. Oh. And one day I was driving down the road and one of the grommets popped off of the like power wire to the, to the air compressor and shorted under the wood to the metal of the car and caught a little fire on like the residual oil that was down there for some reason. <laughs> well, cause it was it a BMW. started it a little a fire reason. and I actually have a video. My entire trunk was on fire, like <laughs> getting fueled by the executive style. And I was like, Oh, and my airbags lowered down slowly like this. Oh, cause they <sighs> melted. And I was like, Oh, and <laughs> Then it started scraping the transmission on the ground. Like, well, you're still driving, even yeah, on the on highway fire? at maximum speed, on fire, <laughs> airing down like, <laughs> and then I just like pulled over, opened the trunk, and realized my executive style was on fire, and I was like, oh no, and that was like, yeah, I put it back together with a Harbor Freight air compressor. I painted the Harbor Freight air compressor and then I just ran like normal sink tubes to the to the <laughs> like thing that makes it go up and down and then I sold it 
to someone else because <laughs> I didn't want to deal with it anymore. How'd you get the fire out? I just took all the shirts that I had in the middle seat and just put them on the fire because it's an oil fire, and that's what you do with oil fire. You just smudge it out. <laughs> I've had lots of oil fires, so you just want to smudge them out. I carry lots of old clothes in my in my Subarus because if they ever catch on fire, just throw some like shirts and stuff on there, and it will go out. We're getting life advice from Will today. The kind of stories Will tells, isn't it kind of like you meet like a a waxer in like a dive bar who's just like crusty man that just lived <laughs> 10 lives, you know? Oh, yeah. Those are the kind of stories that Will tells, but he's like a 21-year-old speedy boy. <laughs> and he has crusty old waxer stories, like a million of them. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you live, that's the thing is when I used to stay up, I've already lived till I'm 44, if you think about it. Oh, because you didn't sleep for so many years? Yeah. I've lived till 44, and I'm only 22. <laughs> Pretty amazing, The, the math right? doesn't quite matter. Did you graduate high school? Uh, no, I left high school and got GD. At what age? Um, when I was 17, I think. Oh. Because I was thinking maybe if you like left school and you were like 15, you had like four more years of being an adult, air quotes. Well, I mean, I feel like I've lived like so many lifetimes because then I'm right when I left high school, I just moved to Seattle and then I lived in Seattle by myself with an old man for like a long time. <laughs> just a random old man. Yeah. <laughs> I lived heck? in a mansion in Seattle, a mansion with an old man. And that's how I got into like cars even more. How I just turned happen? his garage. I turned his like pimp garage into just car town. How, how did you meet this man? I met him on Facebook. Wait, start and I lived with him. You're in Sandpoint, a small town in North Idaho, <laughs> half an hour away from the Canadian border yeah. with like 4,000 people in the entire local region. Yep. And you just decide what? You got a job there or... Well, just when I was 15, I decided I was like, man, I want to move sure to Seattle. Make sure you talk into the microphone. When I was 15, I decided, <laughs> man, I want to move to Seattle. That would be pretty premium. You know, it'd be Why? cool to what live made in you, a what city. What inspired you? Because I had lived in Seattle as a small child, and I've always loved the rain. You know, when it's raining, you just get more motivated. Yeah, it's like cleanses the air and it sounds nice. Yeah, and like I was into like photography and I'd done the drone business and then I had the robotics business. So I had like enough money to move to Seattle and I was like, why should I live with my parents in this little town? I want to live in a big city and race street bikes around. So yeah, logically, I found an old man <laughs> in Seattle and rented out a room in his big house for like a thousand bucks, I think. It was like a thousand bucks for my room. And we had like people who cleaned the house and stuff. I didn't have to do anything. So it was pretty nice. That's why you don't know how to do laundry. Yeah. Like that people like cleaned the house and did all this stuff and. I just kind of took over the garage and turned it into a mechanics warehouse 
bought a whole bunch of random cars. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird time in my life. But I have like a whole bunch of weird small times in my life. I joined like this little biker gang in Seattle. It was premium. I was like just turning 18, like speeding down the highway with all these like criminals. <laughs> you you basically have lived amazing. like a video game character. Yeah. <laughs> You're not an NPC. So but. my idea of real life is just kind of skewed a little bit because since I was 15, it's just kind of like been not real life. And I don't plan on going back to a normal life ever. So I that think I'm going to stay well for the rest of my yeah, life. I don't think any of us had had a very normal mm -hmm. life. And that's why we work no. so well together. Can you imagine if some bougie dude in like skinny jeans and designer shoes came in here and was like, so we get like, we just do our job and do normal things. And <laughs> Ethan's like, actually, I need you to lift this 800 pound chopper and bring it over here. <laughs> You'd be like, whoa. <laughs> I don't think a normal person no, would fit in. It wouldn't work yeah. at all. But I'm still curious how you got into this guy's mansion. Like, did he shake your hand when you paid your rent covered in grease? And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to let this greasy, <laughs> obnoxious child into my <laughs> nice house in Seattle. Yeah, it was pimp. Like, it was like the pimp house in the area. And... I think it was like five, six bedrooms, like a big house in Seattle. So you saw it on Facebook just he was. No, I didn't see room. it on Facebook. I did not that was not a listing. It was not an option to live in this man's house. That's the <laughs> weirdest thing. That's what we yeah, want to know, Will. The, yeah. How did you get to being living in this man's so house? I told my mom, I was like, I'm gonna just move to Seattle. Uh -huh. I had so I'm like seventeen. I have no credit at that time. I have like no renter's history. I have mm. none of this stuff. I have money, but I don't have anything to like prove. It's very hard to get like applied to a place to live nowadays or yeah. even well, back then. Especially when you're young with no history. Yeah. They're like, this dude's not going to pay the rent. Even if you're like, oh, look at this cash I have. If you had they're the like, best rental history ever and you showed up at my unit that I was renting, <laughs> I would be like, this man isn't going to pay his rent. Even yeah. now. So I can't imagine yeah. how you got into this man's <laughs> mansion. So my mom, she took it upon herself. She was like, well, she like joined all these groups and stuff of like houses you can rent and stuff. And randomly, not in one of these groups, someone's friend of a friend told a friend that knew this man. Okay. <laughs> that this random kid wanted to move to Seattle. And this man just let me live in his house, like, and pay rent to him. It was a very weird situation. Did he kick you out when you were showing up with half-torn apart Miatas in his nice no. garage? No. He, he liked the Miatas and stuff. He just, he was a very weird dude. He, <laughs> what I do don't know mean? what to tell you about him, man. He was like, he was just really weird. He had all these, like, weird old stories, like old people do, you know, like, They've lived a whole life, and so he, he was a stud back in the day. He used to uh, he used to traffic uh, cocaine <laughs> from his dad's 
like bar in Florida, like down the coast to these other places. And I think that might be how he got the house in the first place. (laughs) So he'd like, tell me all these stories about these people and like, other countries that he didn't want to talk to or be found out about. And he was just like this weird dude. And I had a weird roommate that was friends of a friends of a mom that was living there like next to me. And so we kind of became friends, but not really. And then he tried to shoot me. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I mean, dude. You have these stories. It's like a crusty old man, but you're so young. Yeah. I just feel like I've lived 42 years of my life not 22 so I tried to shoot you my roommate you haven't heard the i almost got shot story i've heard this story yeah no. what the devil I not heard me this story what the devil okay so yeah my roommate almost shot me um because at the time i had uh, a girlfriend that wasn't doing something that he wanted her to do like clean the dishes or something, but she was just there on like coming to visit me. So he like was really upset that she wasn't doing the dishes. I was like, eh, I was at work and I didn't really know the situation. And he's texting me that he's really mad. And she's texting me that she's really mad. And I'm like, what the heck? So I was just like, I'll figure it out when we get home. Like, I'm sure we can all talk about it. And like, I'll do the dishes if you guys don't want to do the dishes. Cause I don't mind. I thought you had a person that cleaned We did, but she only came like once or twice a, a week. And oh. so with like a couple people in the house, you still have to do dishes every once in a while. And this man was very unused to doing the dishes. Obviously he'd never done the dishes before, but he was like really upset. He got in these weird moods. He was very ADHD and He got in these weird moods where he would be like very particular about things being clean. And then sometimes he would just like leave dishes all over the house and it was a big problem. So I don't know why he was so upset about the dishes being in the sink, just unwashed, but he got really upset about it and he's like super angry. He drives this like weird little like pee looking car. It was a manual and he spray painted the rear hatch. It was a Hyundai i don't know like that's what it should have been called it was really jank what the heck? but so he shot he went, threatened to shoot you over the dishes so no so they're arguing about the dishes i'm at work and i come home and he's not there and i'm like what the devil where is this man like he seemed really angry i just want to talk to him and so i'm doing the dishes and then i just go to sit down on the couch and all of a sudden i hear I'm going to kill a fool like gangster music coming up the street like really loud. And I'm like, what the devil is this? Because we live on like a premium road in Seattle. Like you don't hear that stuff very often. And I step out on the porch and he like getting out of his car and his like pants are all low and stuff. He like turned into like a full gangster in like the span of a couple hours. But and he I never was like, acted like that before? No. oh man he like gangstered up like right away man like i swear he like tinted his taillights just for this situation he like showed up he's like bouncing some tunes he gets out of the car all mad and i'm like yo like what's up like sorry the dishes weren't done i did them like i don't see the problem like 
can we just get over this because you're my roommate and I'm sorry you're upset. And he's like, I'm going to teach you what real life's all about. And he pulls out a gun and aims it right at my face. No. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, what the devil? And I was just not thinking. So I just went straight for his nose like I always do. I've had a couple situations like this. And straight for his And we, like, nose. started scrambling on the ground. Wait, and so like, he pointed a gun at you and you just punched him I just him punched him right in the face. And he, like, went down for a second. He was like, what the devil, man? And I was like, what the devil are you doing, dude? You're pointing a gun at me. Like, and he's like scrambling. And then there was a point where like he got on top of me and was like choking me and like seriously thought I was going to die in that situation for a second, but managed to uh, kick him down the staircase all the way down the staircase. <laughs> and then the police showed up and he was not my roommate any longer. So the owner of the mansion kicked him out after he hold, heard the story? Uh, no, the police just wouldn't let us be in the same area together anymore. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, so he got in trouble. I think that restraining order just ended like this year, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> On that man. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So if you're watching the podcast, please don't come to Idaho. I really don't want to be yoinked in the head. <laughs> Is that the only time you've almost been shot besides getting pulled out of your car by the police? Well, yeah, I got pulled out of my car by the police. I don't think they would have shot me, yeah, but I don't think they, would. they had guns on me. And then, yeah. um, yeah, my roommate, oh. that. So bullets were never actually fired in your direction. I've never been shot at. I've only been implied that I will be oh. executed, but never You're actually. You're a lightweight, man. Yep. I've been shot at. Oh, Twice. no. How? <laughs> Tell me the story. Have you been shot at, Stevo? I haven't been shot at, but I've had guns pulled on me. I've had knives pulled on me. What the heck? Yeah. Who would pull a gun on you? You're the nicest person I know. Well, I was trespassing, but I was also like 17, and I was with a bunch of other like kids, and I literally just yelled. I'm like, you going to shoot some kids? And the guy's like, well, I'll just get off my property. But one time a homeless guy pulled a knife on me and my initial reaction, like this is broad daylight, downtown Coeur d'Alene, which is pretty downtown nice Coeur d'Alene. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nice. What it the heck? The heck? Yeah, it seems like a Spokane or like Seattle kind of story. But yeah, this homeless guy just came up and he said something like, oh, those are nice shoes and just pulls out this knife. And my initial thought, like I just laughed. I literally just laughed at him. I'm like, you're not going to stab me. And I just shoved him into the street. But apparently the friend that was with me was like actually kind of terrified. I would have gave him my shoes. Oh, I was, I, there were Faywees. I liked them. <laughs> Faylees, $30, $30 arts shoes, yeah, man. I, it was a small knife. And I, like, <laughs> it was a small yeah. knife. Well, I was also like, he's not going to actually take my shoes downtown Coeur d'Alene. Like if he'd stabbed me, there was a coffee shop full of like people having croissants and stuff like right wow. across the they street could have saved you they could have patched you up i've heard croissants are very spongy <laughs> you've heard they're very spongy yeah very absorbent oh. yeah wow no my first time getting shot at was we'll see because in clark fork like everyone just shoots at people i don't know shoots like at them or like shoots around them in the area like it's like the wild intentionally West. Yeah, Clark Fork is like the last stronghold of the Wild West. It is weird in Clark Fork. That's a weird little town that we might get into one day. It's so close to Montana. All of Montana is kind of like that. If you want to get shot at, go trespassing in Montana for sure. There's some weird little towns in Montana. But Clark Fork is, I mean, it's really nice from the outside, but you start going up in the hills and like things get kind of sketchy. But 
Rem and I, my street racing buddy, all of my stories are with Rem, which you wouldn't even know. He's so responsible now. But yeah, Will and I. Yeah, just Rem is super responsible. Like, You're talking about yeah. that, Rem? Yeah. He used to street ride Subarus. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I wouldn't have believed that either, would you? I wouldn't have yeah, ever yeah. known. Uh. He like has a good job and a wife and kids and very yeah. responsible. Very responsible. If I had to like ask someone for responsible advice, he's who I would ask. But yeah. We used to explore um this river in Clark Fork and we just go further up, further up, further up, further up every time. We'd ride our dirt bikes to the shoreline and then we'd swim around and like float down and everyone was like, oh, you're going to die because it's like rapid class yeah. three or whatever without a life jacket. And we were just kids and we we're like, well, that's where it's fun to ride down the river. Yeah, obviously. And so, yeah, it's pretty much what we did for like every summer. And then we found this awesome nook that had like cliff jumping, the river kind of like pulled up there and it dug deep enough where you could like jump pretty high off the coolest hangout spot we ever found super obscure super off the road and so we went there all the time and then one day we went a little too far like right around oh, no. the nook was this like cave and we went into the cave and we were like oh wow like someone's like mining here for sure but it's like a certain closeness to the river it's all like public property yeah you know but people are very serious about their mining spots oh the gold people are intense the gold people are very intense so he was like pointing his gun at us and he was like never come back here again and this what? and that and we were like okay and so we left but we were like well okay. that's the best spot in our whole little tiny town we're going to go back to the play hole. So what we started doing is we'd kill our bikes and just roll down the hill in neutral. And we figured he'll hear us leaving, but we're leaving. He's not going to be able to get us yeah. on dirt bikes. So we go down there and then he's in our play hole. He's not even mining in his little cave. He's in our play hole and he starts shooting at us. Huh? And we run up the hill and get on our dirt bikes and go. Huh? Yeah. That's intense. But those gold people are like that. They don't want you to know their gold spots. Like the times yeah. I've gone out for gold, I'm happy to have friends who know where to go because you stumble into the wrong area and those people get protective and you're way out in the middle of the woods. That's what's like, crazy though. It's never their property. It's one thing if you're on their property. Yeah, no, they get protective. But this is just public This is grounds. just random <laughs> public grounds. Yeah. yeah, you can see where the old mines are, right? And then you just go to where the old mine like runoff is and then you can pan there mm -hmm. i found gold my very first pan really yeah how much gold are we talking about yeah. like enough to oh, not not enough to do much with buy. i didn't do it for very long i got bored and cold pretty quick it was this winter <laughs> 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 and i didn't bring everyone else i was with had like these big neoprene gloves and stuff and i just was like rolled my sleeves on my hoodie up just no dug what into the, the water are these it was people cold really even finding gold though or is it just like oh a, yeah i think i will someday well it's both because like my friends who do this they actually have a reasonable amount of gold now like probably a sellable amount of gold but we have a friend who found like a nugget like a golf ball nugget and i know where he found it and i really want to go back there and i'm not going to give this location away well i will to you guys how much is a golf ball sized gold nugget worth probably 
enough to make it worth finding one. <laughs> like a thousand dollars. I don't know. What, what's gold per ounce? Should we look this up? Yeah, look at yeah, like eighteen hundred bucks an ounce or something. Huh? Also, how much would a golf ball? How am I supposed to know how much gold costs? <laughs> I can't afford gold. What the heck? <laughs> I'm, I'm looking this up. bucks an ounce. <laughs> That's not enough to do anything with. Well, gold's very heavy. That's why, like, when you pan, it sinks to the bottom. It's, like, very heavy and dense. Okay. Um, It's got gold money. How much would a golf ball-sized gold nugget be worth? (laughs) That sounds like a good chat GPT question. Have you ever mined for gold, Will? No. It seems like you'd like it. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. That sounds really cool. And if you it's an like, ounce worth, eighteen hundred. Well, bucks, if you find one. I so mean, let's say an ounce. Uh, the internet's really slow like here, so we'll see if it'll load. Four <laughs> ounces to buy a Subaru. <laughs> if you <laughs> trade gold for a Subaru, yeah, that'd be awesome. You trade handcrafted, <laughs> found from the earth gold for a Subaru. <laughs> gold of the earth. <laughs> okay, a standard golf ball, uh-huh. if it was solid gold, according to this, would be 1.7 pounds. What's well, <gasps> 1.7 huh? pounds to ounces? Well, a pound is 16 ounces, right? Yeah. So it's like 17. So that's 27.2 ounces. Oh, Let's look up gold like price. That's like a million dollars. That's got to be a million dollars. Well, no, because you can a- buy a gold ring for like 500 bucks. Or is that just gold-plated ring? That's like gold-plated ring. That's already crafted into find a ring. Gold the price. raw material can't be worth as much as something crafted into something useful. I think the raw material could. I don't know what they're using it for, but it's obviously very important if it weighs and costs that much money, dude. <laughs> we don't know how much it costs. That's what Steven's Googling. Gold oh. is $1,900 an ounce right now. It well, costs a lot of money. That is a Subaru. So yeah, 1,900 times 27. I just need an ounce to buy like a cheap Subaru and I need two ounces to buy like kind of a cheap, cool Subaru. Yeah, it'd be like $51,000. But that's friend a, found one? Apparent, that's the word on the street. I don't know, like, because that could be exaggerated, oh. but he found a nugget very worth it. I know are, that much. Are gold mining stories kind of like fishing It's like fishing stories? stories and hunting stories. Like, no, that bear wasn't 37 feet tall, man. <laughs> So his nugget might have been the size of it like might have a been like a marble, marble or something. <laughs> but even if you found a marble size of gold, that's still like ten grand. I mean, maybe not ten grand, but it's wow. Yeah, I found like little flakes. Yeah. I've never found big pieces. I was thinking about because like there's so much wild country around us, and a lot of you guys have probably seen it in the grind hard videos. But really cool mountains, lots of public land. I was thinking about like charting out like places that rivers used to be that aren't there anymore and like looking for artifacts because starfield has got me so pumped what kind of artifacts are you gonna find out there and finding random stuff like Like maybe we could find some arrowheads or like a fossil or we could find those old what's that brand of jeans that everyone's excited about levi's yeah you find the old levi's they're like worth money and it's just like a little rag I just would so like to go run around the woods looking for artifacts. Oh, Dude, there's so a cool. really big cabin that got built illegally on up actually kind of near Clark Fork. And uh, eventually the guy had to move out, but the cabin still is there. 
And I think there's still stuff in it. Not that many people know where it is. And I don't know where it is, but I know where to find it. See, that's what I'm talking that's about. That's what, yeah. Because yeah. people leave things when they're not valuable, like old ripped up Levi's. And now they're worth like a lot of money, right? Yeah. Dude. Oh, have you guys ever been, has Ethan taken you to the really creepy place in the woods over there? What <laughs> the <laughs> devil? What like the right devil is going on, right man? No, like what the, do you mean? You know, talk with, about this on Friday the 13th? <laughs> we could walk there after this. Well, actually, we should probably Not on the 13th, man. I'm no, not going to those but woods. No, it's creepy. I, I don't know if I still have the picture, but you can like look in the windows of this old shack and there's like dried mushrooms and jars. Oh, and like half an yeah. inch of like rat crap everywhere. So it was like, like still a beds. Skyrim alchemy situation. It looked creepy. I didn't want to go in. It there. looks like a witch house. You've wow. seen that house, haven't you? Yeah, there's mushrooms. It, does. it like looks like a witch's land. in jars. Really? And didn't didn't a cult used to live there on that property? Uh, Ethan yeah, know that story. No, better. Ethan said we were like no, going down by like the a water communal area where the cult yeah. like got together over oh there. yeah and then like, there was like helicopters right coming in and like arrested people or something weren't yeah. you a kid when that happened yeah and you lived up here right oh yeah. i thought it was way longer ago <laughs> no. than that well i don't know about that cult place but the helicopter <laughs> movement was a big movement what when i lived up there? here the helicopter movement was they were like taking people who were building marijuana in the woods with Apache helicopters. They were taking them in like the middle of the night, man. Like Apache helicopter just sh comes through the woods, through the bushes, gets you, and you're gone. Like their like Apache helicopter raiding? flew so close to my parents' house that I was watching TV or playing PlayStation or something, and I like got vibrated on the floor. Like, brrr. I was like, Whoa, and I looked outside in this black helicopter with like people hanging out the doors, like getting really? ready to snatch people. Yeah. So they were raiding this little tiny nook in the woods. Yeah, like farmers. all the time. Like they were showing up at people's doorsteps, like in Apache helicopters, like, hello. And they were just growers. That's it. Like, like there's a story of some man that had a plant on his on his porch, and they showed up in the Apache helicopter and were like, you're coming with us now. And he's like, really? no. Have you not been in that old grow room that's over there? There's a underground it's yeah, it's room. Un it's like under these logs and it's probably, what is it, like 10 Oh years my old? gosh, you haven't been in the we room? We should take <laughs> Edwin in the room. That place is very funny. I want to take Edwin to the We've room. right across from this the Dude, there time. is an underground room <laughs> in <laughs> the woods. We should not go on Friday the 13th. Can we though? please go in the so underground creepy. room today? This is how every scary movie starts. A bunch of guys are like, oh, yeah, let me show you this creepy thing on Friday the 13th, and then everyone dies. Yeah, well, we're showing you. I'm a scaredy cat. Once we're, once we're done with the podcast, we're going to the underground room. Well, I'll bring the camera because the cameraman never dies. Yeah. Whoa, that's true. I'll bring a camera too, and then I won't. And die Will's just either. already somehow invincible. We'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll be. We fine. We can bring the Shrek mask. Imagine the Shrek B rolls we could get. Oh, oh my gosh, oh. the room. Yeah, that's amazing. I can't believe Edwin didn't know about that. Yeah, Edwin doesn't know. know about a lot of things. Yeah, I just am oblivious. Ethan to tells me stories about things around here all the time. And when I was staying up here alone, and I was sleeping in the loft. Something was walking around Ethan's house and I thought it was the dogs. And I woke up in the morning and I was like, Fredo Bjorn. And then I realized Ethan had the dogs. So what was walking under me? It wasn't a mouse. It was big, like Bigfoot. Was it Aza? No. At 
at one o'clock in the morning. Oh, that the is Ace is in bed by about nine. I woke up and I was like, "What yeah. is that?" And I just hear, "Wow!" Underneath the thing, Dude. and then I was like, "Ants the dogs," yeah. and I fell back asleep. Well, that's the thing about this property. If Ethan and the dogs are here, it's fine. But if when they're they not here, like even like Will and I stayed the night, like during the twenty-four hour challenge and mm-hmm. things like that, and it's like. If Ethan and the dogs aren't here, it's just weird. And then I think it's because the first time I ever ever came to Ethan's story, he's the most like aliens do not exist person you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. Like ghosts aren't real. All he has an it. explanation for everything. Yeah. Even if like that table floated up and floated to the other side of the room, Ethan would be like, well, due to the heat in the air yeah the table will just float sometimes well and he's right too because like he just like knows yeah like a lot he about knows but there's things in this world that are unexplainable yeah and he saw one when he was a kid we'll let him do that on the yeah. podcast but there's like this big beam of light yeah. here when he was a kid that and like, he's so logical that he forgot about it because I, I was like ethan didn't you tell me a story about this like beam of light in the woods once and he was like no and then he's like Oh, yeah. Yeah, that didn't yeah. happen when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. And he was and, dead serious. Yeah, but that, he told me that the first time I came here. And I'm a scaredy cat. I do not watch scary movies. I don't even like dark movies. Like, I can't even watch Breaking Bad. Oh. And then, like, Ethan's telling me about light beams. Yeah, and that's the thing <laughs> is, like, Ethan's such a serious guy that when he told me that story, I was like, he had no explanation for it. And it just made me wonder. I was like, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, but maybe it was a spotlight from an Apache helicopter if they were doing raids next no, door. No, Ethan's too logical. Even hear. as a child, he would have known it was a helicopter. He would have known that it was yeah. a helicopter. And he was just yeah. like, it's unexplainable. Yeah. One time we were RVing. Um, my dad got an RV when we were like pretty young. And we would just like do little mini vacations driving around because all of our family was in California and we lived up here. So there was one time where we were kind of like pulled over on the side of the road in the like the middle of nowhere. Turns out we were by a prison. <laughs> and like my sister and I woke up in the RV and we were like, whoa, like we're in ET. And then my dad was like, what do you mean? And like all these spotlights and sirens and cop cars are going everywhere. There was a prison break. Oh, oh my God. Cop knocked on our door and he was like, have you let anyone into this motorhome? And my dad was like, no, it's just us and the kids. He's like, can you make sure that it's just you and the kids? That's creepy. So scary. That's probably why I don't watch scary movies now that I think about it. Dude, the scariest, well, one of the scariest things that's ever happened to me happened at your house when you weren't there. At my house? You know this story. You know the story. Remember, I was trying to not let your wife hear about this story because she would have been upset. When I was packing merch, like the first year I started for Grindhard, everyone else was out of me when I lived in Clark Fork. You mean like recently? Yeah, like at the house you currently live in. Yeah. Yeah. Has anything else weird happened? I guess I haven't told the story yet, but (laughs) (laughs) that was frightening. I was just packing merch. We had a lot of merch to ship out. What? We were doing a giveaway for something. I forget what giveaway. Yeah, that was the BRZ giveaway. No, that was, it was before it. It was that before was the Christmas that. Before. Banshee giveaway? Banshee giveaway, yeah, probably. Yeah. The Banshee. Yep. Oh, yeah, I remember. I'm still haunted by all those Banshee shirts. But I, Oh, those Banshee shirts were awesome. Yeah, with the burnout I don't know what smoke. happened to mine. Yeah, I don't but, think I, yeah, I, so I might have one I could get you. So there was a night I was like, I'm just going to stay really late and get a ton of bags packed. 
mm-hmm. and ready for shipping off the next day because we were so far behind. And I was working like every day, like 10 or more hours shipping it. I'm like, I'm just going to stay up as late as I can and stay at Edwin's house and then I'll be able to take it in the morning. Yeah. Logical. And, yeah. And I was like in this groove. I had music going. I was drinking sparkling waters. Thanks for leaving the fridge stocked for me. That was yep, premium. I did that on purpose. Yep. I got and you. everything was fine and normal. And uh, the way that room set up is you uh, like kind of step down from your house into that room. Yeah. It's and then the computer is garage. across from that. So your back is to the door. Yep. And I just had the door open because it's kind of cold in there and stuff. So this is, you know, like I had a fire going in your fireplace trying to let some heat come in. But I was vibing. Everything was fine. And then all of a sudden, like I'm at the computer typing in some address or whatever to make this label. I just got chills down my spine, like very noticeable. And I was like, oh, and like look behind me. There's nothing. And I'm like, okay, whatever. It's like turn the music up, just kept doing my thing. And then I was like, this is weird. So I turned the music off and I was like kind of looking around. Nothing's going on. Thought it was fine. Took a sip of my sparkling water, looked back at the computer, and then I hear this thump, 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 thump. And I'm like, what the heck? Everything on the table behind me had just like looked like like it was brushed off. Like everything, heavy things, like packing tape, packages, like grind hard shirts, everything just fell on the ground in a little pile. Oh. It was very creepy. Oh. I, left. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm that's what you do. Here. You leave. Yeah. Bad things happen when you stay. But yeah. I'm kind of thinking maybe Will is an alien since he doesn't have any alien stories. And that's why he doesn't have any <laughs> alien stories. And that would actually explain a lot. Oh, That's why you're invincible. That's why you can get ran over by a truck and heal in like three days. Yeah. Maybe I am an alien. If I was an alien, I probably wouldn't know I was an alien. That would kind of defeat the purpose. Do you have any like weird powers? Mm, not really. I like how you did think about it, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have a lot of powers, but... But you don't have any alien stories, which always means... Yeah, no, I don't have an alien, alien stories. I'm trying to think... I don't think I even have creepy stories. I don't... Like... The supernatural doesn't really scare me. Your life is kind of like like GTA Five. Now that I think about it, like this guy gangsters up and points a gun at you, yeah, and then like you have the whole situation with your bus and like, yeah, yeah, you kind of do, and then like you're always shanking, and you're always on probation because you're speeding all the time. Yeah, but I'm off probation right now, and I'm very happy. He's trying to get back on probation. I'm trying not to. (laughs) It is Friday the thirteenth, and I woke up with combustion in my mind yeah is that what a combustion like you would like i wake up like that much every day especially after i started playing starfield yeah because i'm weird like when skyrim came out i just went so hard yeah it's an rpg and like it's just like you do whatever you want and like collect things and i'm a hoarder in real life that's why my garage is like packed full with electric dirt bikes and flying surfboards yeah your wife is pushing the things into a small corner and that's where you have to that's where i exist yeah ethan has this mansion garage and i'm in my oh oh, for you guys listening i'm sitting in the little go-kart yeah dude i've had to reorganize my yeah. Wounds from my, the motorcycle. Will's I, sitting in the shopping cart go-kart, oh. and Stephen probably has the worst seat. I don't know if it's the worst, but it's probably wetter than your guys because it's starting to soak through my pants. Yeah, oh. so he's in the, my uh, back the old sleeper power wheels, but 
Oh, yeah. man, just let me stretch out real quick. All right, what was I talking about? You were talking about uh, Starfield RPGs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like a hoarder. And like, I have such a hard time like distinguishing reality and not reality. And so like after I sit down and play like a video game for that long, you know, even like just a couple hours, three hours, then I get up and I'm like, okay, how do I level up my character? Like real life. How do I get like a bunch of stuff or learn new skills or like, like I got Starfield and I started taking boxing lessons again. Like the next day I was like, gotta learn how to fight. Cause you never know. <laughs> you I never know. Take boxing lessons. <laughs> yeah. I fixed all my motorcycles cause I need to get, you know, all my gear together. Yeah. Cause I got to level up the video game and then I want to like put transfer my money into my savings account instead of just sitting in my checking account, you know? Yeah. It's like, that's what you would do in the video game. You're like, Oh, I got to acquire more credits. Yeah. I got to put my money from my checking account into my savings account. I just get wired differently when Bathsheba drops a new game. I'm like, need to level up my real life character dude i kind of had the same reaction i was like wow i could like learn new skills and i'm like it's in real life in a yeah. video game even you can just like do it yeah. yeah 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 like you were talking about getting a a bed for your room yeah i was like yeah you could just like acquire items and it's great and i already yeah. have like this bartering system with my neighbors anyways yeah and yeah it's, it's working yeah. good for you you yeah. got a dresser skis I've got all sorts of stuff. What have, what else have I got? Dresser and skis were the big oh, yeah, your items. Your table was kind of jank. What table? My table? His coffee table in his house. Oh, like, yeah. Hey, man, well, I got two you, coffee tables. Can I you got, help uh, me move this coffee table? And then I'm like, how did you get a coffee table? How did you get a coffee table, Stephen? Yeah. Now I'm no, concerned yeah, about this. You it should up, be concerned. No, the lady was like, thank you so much for coming to get this. My baby keeps falling and smashing his head <laughs> on the edge of this table. <laughs> oh, what the heck? How sharp is this thing? It's like metal edges. I was yeah. like, is your baby okay? Full of rocks. It's metal edges full of rocks. Yeah. And so when we what? brought it into his house, we cleaned off the rocks. Oh, so it's like a rock. There's like, still some janky stuff. It's in there. got like a river vibe to it. You've seen my table, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's actually nice. Like it'd be even yeah. nicer if I got the Cheeto dust out from the cracks in it. But you know, we were just concerned that maybe this, you know, child hit his head against too it. hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was like not the kind of thing you'd want to hit your head into. Yeah, no, yeah, I wouldn't want to hit my head on that. Yeah, acquiring items. I yeah. mean, like we got what? these lights that are on this podcast right now. Yeah, those are those are cool items. We've been putting off because there's just no room for them. In the but garage. it looks so nice. It looks like yeah. there's a hole in the ceiling. Now. This is going to be our most consistent lighting in the podcast situation. And, you know, last week we talked about the Grom table. So we will get like a cool podcasting table. I kind of like now, this, this setup. Is, yeah, pretty chill. It's kind of nice. Since... This only worked in reverse. I guess we kind of skipped over that story, but this electric go-kart, we sent the controller back to Electro and Co. who builds the kit, and they're going to make it spin the other direction for us because and you can't just switch the wires like you could a drone because of reasons. BCM problems. But, yeah. And a bigger battery. And didn't he say he was going to make the electronics go faster somehow? Yeah, the yeah. battery has more, like peak power for longer yeah so, so we we'll have a good time the and go we're gonna and like that power kit used to come from here 
So Steven's little power wheels he's sitting in doesn't work, but will will that shopping cart fire up right now? I don't know. I, I hope I, not. I don't think it has <laughs> gas in it, but. Oh, and the battery doesn't have enough to crank. Sometimes you just gotta. Yeah. You're still the only one that's driven the, uh, the street bike powered shopping cart with two powered rear wheels. Yeah. Which I think was a great idea. I think it would have looked really dumb being that long oh, with only silly. four wheels. Yeah, no, four-wheel drive is the way to go. And this thing rips. I wish you guys could fit in here. I can barely fit in here. Yeah. But it is the funnest thing I've built. Yeah. It's way more fun than the Rockets. You know what's funny <laughs> about you, Will? Is like you're a lot taller than me. And like, I don't know, like we're all different sizes and stuff. But it seems like the rest of us should be able to fit in the things you build. I know. Ethan and I couldn't even get our legs in there. It's ridiculous. Like, Everything I built just fits me because I'm building it. So obviously I'm the one making the dimensions and this just doesn't fit anyone else. It's the coolest thing I've built so far, I think. And, and you're the only one that's driven it. So you're yeah. the only person on this planet of earth that knows what this feels like. Driven a street bike powered shopping cart with two powered rear tires. And it what, is insane. What is it like? It's like driving like... I'm trying to think here. It it would be like driving a Lamborghini that had been cut into like a like the Miata I used to have. Oh, it's like a Lamborghini, like the a fastest, like a thousand horsepower Lamborghini with nothing because it has so much grip. The engine is, is just sitting fast. on four grippy, slick go kart tires. Yeah, and our whole thing was we don't trust Will. Obviously, you guys listen to the podcast. You know why we don't trust Will. At this point, he was still on probation. So we were like, let's go all the way down to the end of the road, like to the last little bit of pavement, and then we'll do a couple pulls. And then Ethan was like, and be really responsible and keep the engine <laughs> quiet until we get to the very end of the back road to make it unlikely that you would piss off a neighbor or worse validate your probation validate your pro break your probation yeah validate would be the other way yeah yeah okay and so of course the first thing he pulls onto the road drop second third fourth just goes for it and ethan was you weren't even in the car Stephen and i and ethan were all in the car ethan was just ranting about how irresponsible <laughs> you are and how you were about to get arrested or make the neighbors mad because you just go, yee. <laughs> and then we, we finally get, and Ethan's yelling at him, and he's like, I wasn't even going that fast. I could have gone way faster. <laughs> yeah. But what does it feel like? Like, honestly, like. It's, that's the thing. Is like, you guys, like, it would look irresponsible to you guys because you haven't driven it. You feel locked in in this baby. <laughs> it's irresponsible to go 80 miles an hour on the road in a shopping cart. I know, but you just feel good. Like the noise, it all goes away. It all turns into a blur when you like get this stick. Like it actually doesn't hand. feel sketchy. No, not at all. Like it feels safer than anything I've ever driven before. <laughs> While you drive <laughs> the jankest machines imaginable. Yeah, but this it feels very safe. Like just Monday, you said I'm gonna be late to work. My car caught fire. <laughs> Almost and that got was, fire. That's a separate than the BMW yeah. story. That's your new car. Yeah, that almost caught fire, but it's yeah. fixed now. So, so it actually feels safe. You're not joking. No, like and like 
Intel, it doesn't. And that's the thing that's really scary is like this thing feels so safe until it doesn't. And then you're already past the point of no return. So like, is it when you're turning or hit yeah, certain speed? Like there was a point when in that video that we were doing with this on the street, which I want to redo because I have a lot better idea of how to drive this now. I just mm-hmm. want to get used to it a little bit. And yeah. I think I could just roast this thing. I think it'd yeah. be so fun. Like, on like a rented track or something. I just want to drop the clutch and burn all four rear tires in a couple seconds. Just like when we were doing that shoot, I wanted to do that too. I wanted to drop the clutch and roast the tires. And I went like, turned the wheel like this and dropped the clutch at high RPM. And it lifted up on both of these tires and just was like, she well that road we were on is chip sealed though yeah it was and very scary for those of you who don't live in they only do that in places that snows right mm-hmm. it's the dumbest thing. it's the worst they cover your nice smooth road that's fun to drive on gravel. and what's the sticky stuff that holds the gravel tar. On the road tar tar. Tar. tar all over it so they cover it in tar dump like big chunks of gravel and then the whole time's like Grr! But it is the grippiest mama jama you could imagine, especially if you have four tires that are slicks with an engine right on top of it. Yeah, like it it will not slide on not that pavement. All. Not it at was all. A grippy boy. Yeah, grippy boy. I don't boy. think you ever spun the tires the nope. whole time. So I want to do it now without chip seal, reversed fan wiring because it was overheating because oh, I yeah. pumped air into from the engine to the radiator instead of. <laughs> From yeah. the radiator out. Yeah, we did kind of take it out a little premature. Yeah, but this thing is a beast. I could drive this thing to work, man. So where can we actually drive it, though, where you won't get arrested, where there isn't chip seal? Let's just hit the streets. Can we just trick some, like, autocross place into letting us have a heyday with that and with this? Yeah. And with else we have. That'd, that'd be so fun. Our golf cart, our R1 golf cart. So... I think the autocross people are big on dot approved seat belts, actually. Yeah, they are really into that. Can if we your find car it? has a lift at all, it needs a roll cage, which oh, the golf cart has a roll cage. And Wait, almost oh, dot no, approved no, no, no. seats. It's that I think they don't allow lifted cars at all. And then if you have a convertible, it has to roll have a roll cage. cage. Yeah, that's it. Which we need a place. Technic- a golf cart. I mean, a, a shopping cart is technically a convertible. So we'd need a roll cage. Oh, we just, just put another a- cart upside down on top of it. We'll just like <laughs> put you in like a clamshell. <laughs> You'd be a sandwich. <laughs> Can you imagine? And then I crash in the shopping uh, cart like it bends yeah. around me. <laughs> well, you know how in the last Whistling Diesel video, um, he was on a private airstrip. Yeah. We just need to meet someone with a private airstrip. And not and spill oil on the airstrip at all. Because I bet that's very illegal. Well, no, it's private. You can do whatever you want on a private oh. airstrip. Yeah. Right? We just need to find a little airport. The problem is all the little airports around here are gravel. Exactly. I think there's maybe one in Montana. So, JR Garage, they used to post on YouTube all the time. Now I think they mainly just do Instagram, but they have a bunch of like really cool car collections and they posted this really cool YouTube video that they bought like a hangar on this airstrip and they're going to move all their cars there and do all this drag racing there. And I don't think it ever happened. 
I don't know if they were like in some kind of HOA situation where they like wouldn't let them bring their Lamborghinis on the drag strip or I mean huh. it's on. not a drag strip it's for planes what's that <laughs> called airstrip oh that's easy yeah on the airstrip <laughs> so I imagine like what's the point of having access to a private airstrip if you can't drag race your Lamborghini on it yeah who would buy that I wouldn't I know like it's way more fun to drag race than yeah. like put your plane on it you can just put your plane on anywhere else you can't drag race anywhere else without being arrested. Yeah, that's the case. 